0: The year is 1945. The average movie ticket costs 35 cents. The USS Indianapolis is sunk. U.S. Navy Flight 19 disappears over the Bermuda Triangle. Ho Chi Minh declares the independence of Vietnam from France, and the Second World War ends. The hot movies of the year include The Bells of St. Mary's, Lieber to Heaven, Children of Paradise, Christmas in Connecticut, Vacation from Marriage, and Today's Film, spellbound the hot musical artists of the year include bing crosby the andrew sisters frank sinatra charlie parker ella fitzgerald and today's special list of tunes which include
1: some of those artists so dad what we listen to and in- why didn't we pick an album? Welcome to episode five of Reels and Revolutions. Uh, I know our uh, avid fan base has been wondering why it's taken so long. <laughs> to get to episode five. But, uh, you know, we've been busy and that's what happens. So th- to answer your question, why didn't we pick an album? We kind of searched around to see what were the big albums of 1945 and came to the conclusion that albums weren't really a thing yet you know people listen mainly to music on the radio is, is is my understanding and so instead of looking for you know a long album that maybe they played on the radio we decided to go with a playlist based upon the top 10 hits the biggest hits of the year according to some random website that I found on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> the Hit Parade is, is kind of what it was, was labeled. So uh, that's what I did. I created a, a list of the top 10 biggest hits, the biggest selling hits, or the most popular listened to on the radio of the year 1945. So that's what we're going to be doing instead of listening to or, or, or reviewing an album. And as you mentioned, the big uh, the big artists, popular artists of the year, there are a, a, a few of those on this playlist as well. So, should we just dive in? Yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna hold my overall uh, uh, thoughts on the playlist till the end. Uh, So I I think we'll just go through each song. So the first song on the list was a song called Sentimental Journey sung by Doris Day. Yeah. I, well, I always seem, I I think I always
0: slip what I feel like overall at like the beginning. But um, I think you, I don't, know if I've heard this one I think I think I have it's pretty famous I think
1: yeah it's a pretty famous song Uh, I don't know it's not one that we played a lot around the house or anything but I it's something I think that does pop up particularly maybe in period piece movies of the 40s uh, and Doris Day was a huge, huge star. A lot of people maybe know Doris Day more as an actress. Yeah, um, you know she she did a lot of kind of rom coms with Rock Hudson. They did these kind of pillow talk movies, and I think <laughs> she was in a Hitchcock film actually. Uh, so most people maybe maybe know her more as a, as an actress. But she started at out as a vocalist for in the big bands and for me I thought this was a pretty good start to the list it does have that classic big band sound that really full horn section she does have very nice kind of clear smooth vocals I mean there's nothing rough about her the way she sings at all it's very very clear kind of smooth sound and it, it immediately made me think of that World War II period of music yeah, it's
0: definitely of the time and a lot of these songs I think are sound very much like when it's when it came out like it it sounds like the 40s. Yeah. And it's definitely sentimental sounding. <laughs> right. Yeah. Musically and lyrically. Gonna take a
2: sentimental journey. Gonna say my heart Gonna make a sentimental journey to renew old
1: Yeah, and I don't know who wrote the song. I mean I, I didn't look I didn't look up who wrote these songs, who produced them, anything at all. It was literally just the name of the song and the artist is all I looked up. Uh, But it does have that very 40s sound. This is, I'm guessing, a time in history where kind of everyone listened to the same music. You know, there wasn't teenage music. There wasn't adult music. Everyone just turned on the radio, and this is what they listened to. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. And that's going to be something that is is a bit of a theme through this playlist, is that I don't have a lot to say because in general, all of these songs were fine.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, well, I guess we're all, like, we're as starting I said, to get into we're the already the yeah. But it's, a lot of them sound similar yeah. because it's that same sound. And it's a good sound, uh, but it's, I mean, they're old. It sounds old, yeah. and they are
1: old. Um, I mean, they all kind of remind me of old movies that were ma- made in, During World War II, in the forties, or movies that are set in In the the, forties where they use these types of songs as the soundtrack for good reason, Uh, you know it's got this kind of overall nostalgic sound quality because I guess that's how we think of this music as music of the past, of nostalgia, of the greatest generation. To use a tired phrase.
0: Yeah, and I think it seems like there's a decent amount of crossover between singers and actors. Obviously, you already said Doris Stairs, an, an actress and a singer. Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby. Was, it was an, I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere, that he, like for this year, he was like the most paid
1: actor this year. Yeah, well, the big movie, Bells of St. Mary's, I think, yeah. is a huge hit that Bing Crosby was in. Yeah. Um, and another thing that i I, I saw when I was re- kind of investigating the music and what was popular at the time was the same thing Bob Hope was a huge star on the radio he he did musical movies with Bing Crosby did a whole series of them uh, you know and he he went and did performances for the the troops in Europe uh, and in Asia. so there is definitely this kind of idea of they're all they're just entertainers. Yeah.
0: That doesn't happen I don't think as much. It does happen like there are singers that become actors, but not as much. If it, like this time where it's just like Frank Snotch was a good singer, let's put him in a movie. <laughs>
1: right. 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 That that that's a good good a, a good example. You're right. Someone's popular on the radio. Let's put them them in a movie too. I mean, now it's like not as that. I mean, sure, like Lady Gaga's in movies,
0: Harry Styles in some movies, but it's not the same. Well, and all of
1: these people that crossed over. They all had to learn how to dance. They all, I mean, <laughs> we kind of were talking about this the other night for some reason, the triple threat. They could sing, they could dance, they could act, they could, yeah. they could do whatever. Um, they had to be these all-around performers. And I, and I think a lot of these singers, too, did start out as kind of just the singer for the band. Uh, and, and we'll get into that with some of these other songs on the list where it's the band leader's name. Yeah but then there's someone singing, and they don't even put who yeah, that vocalist is. don't even is. credit it.
0: I'm pretty... I think in one of the later songs, Doris Day sings on one. Oh, it's possible. And she's not credited as singing on it, but she sings on it. But it, I guess we'll get to it. The only other thing that I wrote that I thought was interesting of this song was that I guess it's part of the big band thing where it's like almost half the song is just the intro Yeah, she doesn't even start singing until
1: right halfway through or something yeah a number of them are like that where you you get this minute minute and a half musical thing and some of them I thought oh this is going to be an instrumental and then a vocalist comes yeah. in for the last half of the song uh, and they do all a lot of them have a similar Horn sound with some strings and the the backing vocals, and, and I've got a couple notes when we get into some of the later songs about the backing vocals. But I mean, this song is fine. Uh, I I could I would. There's really nothing negative to say about it. Uh, is it something that I would think, Oh, let's put on "Sentimental Journey" by Doris Day. Nah, mm. probably not.
0: <laughs> it's cool. For, I get, yeah, it's cool again for a
1: period piece. <clears throat> yeah, it's cool for a period piece, but I'm not gonna. Sit down in the center. Right. And even in the times when I, there are times when I kind of get in the mood for like, for playing. Big band music. Yeah, this isn't one that I would particularly put on a big band playlist. It's fine, and it's it kicked fine. off the list fine. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, does it really stand out to me? No. Uh, song number two is a song called "Rum and Coca Cola" uh, by the Andrews Sisters, uh, who you listed as again one of the big, popular artists of the of the year uh, and i do really like the andrew sisters vocal sound again it it evokes yeah. that kind of nostalgia but i don't really like this song
0: it's yeah their style it's 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 completely different than, than the other than doris Dave, but it's also it's still so 40s sounding are, they, wait, are these the people that did uh,
1: yes, and then they do. I think famously they do, boogie woogie bugle boy. They they sing a lot with Bing Crosby. Yeah, they have that that uh, that three part harmony sound that really is just, oh that's the sound of female vocal groups of the forties. The problem with this. Is the stereotypical accent? Yeah, that's using what I... the using the pigeon English grammar. Ew. White people trying to sound like they're from wherever the yeah. island somewhere. Um, again, typically, I like the sound of the Andrew Sisters. Yeah, but. This is not a very good example of it I didn't think uh, the music was fine I put a note that I did like some of the horn playing and the the horn sound and the instrumental but I, th- the song itself just didn't really do it's
0: it's just it's just silly it's just kind of silly and I think Maka is the same thing where they're just it's just kind of silly like yeah like as you said like about, like how they pronounce they say Coca-cola <laughs> yeah. And they say Yankee do yeah. like yeah, Down Trinidad they make you feel so very glad. Calypso, sing and make up rhyme. Guarantee you one real good fine time.
2: Drinking rum
1: and kota, cola. Go Cola. Yeah, I mean they're trying to do an accent. At least with the the Hawaiian Christmas song, I don't think they're trying I to sound Hawaiian. I don't. I mean, it's something else where I was like, they also they like to sing
0: about like, quote unquote exotic locations. Yeah. Like this is supposed to be Trinidad.
1: Oh, is that uh, where it's supposed to be? They say it at be? the beginning. Okay, That's Trinidad.
0: And then I just see, I can't, like, I guess Hawaii is kind of exotic. But yeah. then there are other, like, I've just heard other songs. I'm just like, they like to sing about, like, places. So, like, oh, this place is so exotic. They do things so weird here. And I
1: guess, and there's a little bit of that island instrumentation in there. A slightly yeah. island rhythm. They have maracas. Uh, but it's... Again, it's just kind of pure stereotype. I, I, it, again, if, if, if I was to go through the Andrew Sisters playlist, I wouldn't put this one on there. There's so many better uh, songs that they either sing on or sing back up on. But obviously this, this, this theme was hugely popular. Uh, and obviously Coca-Cola didn't mind them using them. Using, not yet. <laughs> not yet. They weren't in the suing mood yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. Coca-Cola is another thing. Right? It's such an old school.
1: And thing. I guess Coca-Cola maybe really kind of came to huge popularity to, probably during World War II around the world because I'm sure Americans were like, where's my Coca-Cola? And, you know, May- uh, and maybe, maybe they shipped it around for the U.S. soldiers. I don't know if that's true, but... Uh, you know, this was yeah. this was a, uh, probably a, a good ad. They were probably happy.
0: Yeah, and then yeah, then later maybe. They but the song is, it's I just like it's kind of silly. It's not my favorite. It has some charm to it. Yeah, but it,
1: it's just. I mean, because again, to kind of go back to what Camille. <laughs> I never
0: know how
1: to, I don't know yeah. how to say that. <laughs> Kamakalikimaka. kaliki I think you're right. I really like that no, song. It's malek uh, Even though that one's just as silly, and theoretically could be considered just as somewhat offensive. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the natives. Yeah, this one I just didn't. I don't. I mean, it's fine. Again, it's fine, but not a, not to me, not the best example of the Andrew Sisters. Um, But, again, evocative of the period. So then song three, Till the End of Time by Perry Como. And here's where we get that real classic crooner vocal. Yeah. Really big production, you know, um, strings, sweeping strings. But to me, somewhat of a bland sounding. Yeah. I was just like, it's like... It's, you know, it's Bing
0: Crosby-esque. Right. And he, to me, he's the the quintessential right. of that. I mean, maybe Frank Sinatra later, but, like, so it's just like, yeah, it's like him. It sounds like him, but it's
1: not, and... I think Bing's a better singer than Perry Como. Um, Perry, uh, you know, it's uh, this is going to sound bad, but, uh, you know, Perry Como does remind me of like the music my parents used to play quite a bit when I was a kid.
2: Till the end of time Long as stars are in the blue Long as there's a spring of bird to sing I'll go on loving you
1: And they used to always watch the Perry Como Christmas specials, which were always super cheesy. (laughs) And, you know, they would put on the Perry Como records. uh, And I just always found him to be so incredibly bland and boring. <laughs> I mean people keep yeah. you, you could exactly. I, you could probably say that about Bing too but Bing to me has a little bit more charm and I think is a little bit is a better singer than Perry <laughs> Como. I just find Perry Como yeah. to be kind of boring.
0: I think Bing has a nicer voice like I don't know his voice just sounds
1: better. Yeah, I I think he does a richer tone to his voice. Again, I think people really like these super sentimental songs, obviously. Really?
0: I mean, it's a sentimental time. I think there are other songs, some Bing Crosby songs that I'm like, it's definitely, you know, World War II, they're sentimental. This, I mean, probably was written during World War II, hadn't (laughs) ended yet. It's, you know, Everyone's Away, and there yeah so it's a central time so but you know it's just another one and i there's a lot of songs i'm like well it's kind of the same thing <laughs>
1: yeah again yeah i mean if as we if we as we go through these lit titles there's a lot of stuff about missing somebody someone's gone um uh, you know, and you're right. I guess the themes are obviously people are missing, people are gone, people are far away from their loved ones, and and they like these kind of romantic. I miss my wife. I miss my son. I miss whoever. Sounding songs, but you know, this one to me is just kind of like, oh, that that is the stereotypical, kind of boring, easy listening hit uh, that you would never i would never keep on the radio as i was skimming if i was skimming through <laughs> yeah. radio stations in the car some of these other ones i would but i would listen to but the, that one i wouldn't
0: yeah there are other but there are some other ones and like i don't have anything more to say about this <laughs> yeah but then like the next song isn't that
1: Right. The next song is called On the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe by Johnny Mercer and the Pied Pipers. So, again, here's one where it's the band leader, and he's got a band called the Pied Pipers. Um, This one I really like because it's just that classic big band. It's just big band. Yeah.
0: And it's a great name. The Pied Pipers is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. It's a pretty cool name. Huge horns. Yeah. there's someone singing but i don't know who it is uh, i could probably we could probably dig into it more but i didn't i just went off of the the t- the title and the credits in the song it's not really someone crooning it's just someone singing that smooth vocal sound and then you got the kind of again classic background vocals with the harmonies mm-hmm. um, but this one is more of a not kind of a not a novelty song but there was a period where they like to sing about trains too yeah it's about a train and that's what
0: I I was listening to the lyrics and by the end of the song I was like they're they're talking about a train the she her is a train yeah and yeah it seems like also like again they like to talk about places and they reference (laughs) locations a lot yeah like obviously the whole the title is like a train uh, like a Train track. Yeah, I or guess, it's a train a, it, route.
1: It, yeah, it's a train route. I think.
0: And, and like like and the very typical old school, which I like. The, you know when they say it, Philadelphia <laughs> and California, <laughs> I- a. it just sounds so old school. It's kind of funny. That
2: whistle down the line I figure that it's engine number 49 She's the only one that'll sound that way On the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe
1: Yeah, and I don't know why. Obviously, that's how people um, got around more in the 40s. Because, I mean, there's this song. There's the Chattanooga Choo Choo, which is another famous big band song about trains. There's Take the A Train. I mean, I think there's a whole... Almost sub genre of train songs yeah. done by big bands, and maybe again it was people got around by train, and that's how they traveled, and that was just daily life, and you know using maybe people like to hear the name of their town in a song.
0: Yeah, it's like and, you, and it's not a train, but like Route sixty six
1: is. Yeah, it's a route. It's just it's just you know. about well, maybe that's kind of the uh, another thing, an American thing. Let's get you know, out and yeah, it, hit it's the open big, road. It's a big country, or we get on you know, the train. We yeah. cross the country on the train. Uh, it, I liked this. I liked this one. I, yeah, I liked it. It's different, and it's more, it's just upbeat. Yeah, and it's big band. It's fun. Uh, and this is one that you could put on and kind of bop around to. Uh, it, it's got a it's got a really good good sound to it. Um, and then we we transfer or go into. It's been a long long time. Here here's where we ba- bring Bing? in Bing. You know, I put down. You know, he's the king of the crooners. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I put Bing is the king.
1: Bing is the king. Now this one's different though because it's not a big band it's not a big band it's more like a small jazz yeah combo it's got really nice good jazz guitar and you know you can kind of imagine being in a jazz club or something you know and drinking a martini or whatever yeah. with bing crooning and the guy on the guitar uh it's the instrumentation is really good, uh, and, and obviously, you know, this is the the Bing Crosby sound quality with his voice. Kiss me once, then kiss me twice, then kiss me once again. It's been a long, long time. Yeah, I it's it's quiet.
0: I yeah, like, it's the I was like quietest one. Like it's it's not a big band. I like big band. But it's nice to have a break and not have a big band. It's just a nice, more simple, quieter... And there's actually
1: a different version of this later in the playlist of the same song. Uh, So, obviously, this was a really popular song of the year. Um, I like Bing's version best. We'll get into the the other version later. But this is the version of the two on the playlist that I prefer. And I think it's because it is quieter and... It has a jazzier feel. Uh, you know, there's elements of jazz in all of these songs that we're listening to. But this is the one that comes across to me as the most, quote-unquote, authentic jazz sound to it. Um, if this is This is probably my favorite song on the list. I think the other Bing song is also similar, where it's not a big
0: band and... Cause there's another Bing song. Oh, you're right. On this at the at the end, and yes, I think it's also similar. It's not a big band. Yeah, show. you're right. But uh we'll get to that eventually.
1: So, do you have anything else to say about this one?
0: No, other than other than this is this to me was the most World War II because it's been a long, long time since I've seen you.
1: So whatever. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's World War II. But that's it. Yeah. So then, the next one is "My Dreams Are Getting Better All the Time" by Les Brown. Again, another band leader. Here's this is where I put. I'm not sure who the singer is. Yeah,
0: I I, I think it's Doris Day because I think I I looked it up or I I don't I looked up the song and it, Doris Day came up as like someone who sang it, so I was like oh, so ma- it could ma- it, maybe it's her. Well, what do you?
2: smiled at me in my dreams last night my dreams are getting better all the time and what do you know he smiled at me in a different light my dreams are getting better
1: all the time I mean, for all of these i just went on to apple music put in, you know, the the song and the name that was listed next to it in the internet search, which was Les Brown, and it pulled up and I it doesn't list the singer. But you're probably you could be right. It's probably right. It is probably is Doris Day. Um but again a good an example of where the band leader's kind of the star. Kinda similar to the Sentimental Journey, I put this one's okay. It's there's nothing really special about it. It's I, just yeah. You know I, I put this one I put was, I said it was my favorite
0: big, ba- big band sound so far. Uh, I just, I, I guess I liked the big band for this one. I guess I like Les Brown. I think he's a he's, he, <laughs> band yeah. leader. And it, but and other than that, I mean, it's a very simple song lyrically. It's just yeah. kind of the same. Which a lot of these are pretty simple lyrically. Right. And they kind of just
1: repeat and then right. it's over. You got kind of this typical verse chorus. It's, uh, it's it's the, the the themes are pretty straightforward. You're in love. You miss yeah. somebody. Someone's far away.
0: Yeah, and um, for a lot of these, it felt like it's like the big band is like better than the singing. It's yeah, like,
1: I just like that's the best part is just when the band's playing. And that was something that I put too is that for a lot of these, it would be fine to have no vocals. Yeah, you, you know, if you just want to listen to the band and hear the various band soloists and, you know, kind of the virtuosity of the band. The the singers are there. They're fine. But I don't think they really add that much generally to the songs. Um, other than, you know, having some vocals. Um. So we move from Les Brown to There I've Said It Again by Vaughn Monroe. Yeah.
0: This one, I was like, the quality of the recording is not as good. On this one oh, uh, you know, compared I, to the other ones. I, I didn't ones. notice that. It was just like a little, it just sounded a little more muffled, just didn't sound as good. But it was, I mean, it's old and they yeah. have old recordings, so I mean, it's fine. I was like, yeah, it's in the same area as Bing, yeah. as Perry. <laughs> right. um, I- and yeah, this is when I started to get a bit old to me. I was like, okay, they're good and they're definitely the time, but they're getting a bit old. I
2: love you to it's better Than burning inside
1: yeah, I put. There was really nothing special about this one. I didn't think the voice was anything outstanding. The melody, I didn't find all that great. You had the real typical oohs and ah background vocals, oohs and ah background vocals um, that a lot of the songs use. But for this one, it seemed to stand out more to me, and and it, it didn't really do much for me at all. This particular one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I think I think we just skip, out, just quickly move, move on. on.
1: Okay, next song. Uh, it's been a long, long time by Harry James and his orchestra. So this is the second version the second now version. of the earlier one where Bing Crosby sang. But so this one is, you know, a full orchestra, a full big band. Uh, obviously, we already mentioned that you know this must must have been a, a pretty popular song in 1945. But this is a totally different take. Yeah,
0: very different, and it's. I, it is interesting I thought it was very interesting that they have that there is two of the same song uh, I don't know who's singing it it's a yeah, woman it doesn't now, list it again but I don't know who it is I I wrote that the the little the main little melody kind of reminded me of the of the Up song from Up
1: oh really but uh, have to, I, gotta, I don't know I'm have to go if back it's similar and but it. I thought it kind of reminded because
0: Up is kind of
1: has that kind uh, of old, old timey old, feel old timey
0: feel um I for, I wrote that I think I like this one more than Bing's, but they're oh. but they're very different. I mean, they're very different. Um, this one's a more big band, and I said yeah. I was, didn't want a big band, but I don't know. I thought this one. I think the woman's voice was nice, different, um, and it, I like they had. I think I like the band in this one a lot. They had the nice sax like solo.
2: And kiss me once again It's been a long, long time
1: Yeah I mean, there's I I, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with either versions, and maybe it's just because I heard the Bing version first, and that was implanted in my mind as oh this is the version of the song, because uh, I, I did put a note that the melody is really good, so you know in regardless of which version, um, I just kind of really liked that guitar sound in Bing's version, uh, but. I could see... Yeah. It's just a good song. Yeah, it's
0: a good song. I felt like I could... For this one, I, I felt like the melody was more like i heard i, I don't know it's like it more probably, emphasized yeah. to me than in the bing one you're and probably so right. and when i heard this one i was like oh yeah the the mel- this melody's really good i don't even remember that in the bing one
1: i, I guess you're i mean the, i put a note about the melody in this for this song not bing's version and it's probably because bing is singing it really yeah slow and he's doing that you know kind of torch-songy approach, whereas this is way more upbeat. I mean, this is a full production. Um, and I know Harry James is, a, again, another really famous uh, band leader. Um, so, obviously had a great band to, to play. Both good good versions. You preferred this one. I preferred Bing's. Um, but uh, I don't think you could go wrong on either version. Listen to them both. But then we move into... Accentuate the Positive, and it's actually spelled out. Yeah, like you're
0: accentuating.
1: Yeah, like you're accentuating the syllables in the word uh, by Johnny Mercer featuring... The Pied Pipers and Paul Weston and his orchestra. Whoa! I'm not really even sure what that means.
0: <laughs> I, I'm assuming Johnny Mercer sings it. Maybe, maybe he sings the other song.
1: That he maybe had. he does because it's Johnny. But the other one was Johnny Mercer and the Pied Pipers. This one's Johnny Mercer featuring the Pied Pipers and Paul Weston and his orchestra. It's two, <laughs> two like two orchestras, bands?
0: two bands, I guess. Um, I this one might be my favorite.
1: Yeah, I put that I really like this one. I
0: think just it's different than the other ones. It's very upbeat and fun. Yeah. And it's
1: just silly. I mean, accentuate the positive <laughs> yeah. is, is, a, is a funny phrase. Uh, yeah, I put that, you know, there's not, nothing specifically that different about the approach, but there was something really appealing about the song. It reminded me kind of of a musical song. A song from a movie musical? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the vocals I liked, they weren't qu- quite as much crooner, which might be what I liked about it. Um, you know, a little bit more inflections, because obviously that's how the song is written. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. This might be my, my favorite song on the list, too. You got to
2: accentuate the positive, eat a limb. Mine ate the negative and latch on the affirmative don't mess with mister in between you got to spread joy up to the maximum bring bloom
0: down yeah it is definitely musical i didn't think musical but it is like it's definitely old musical and it yeah. has i think what's so charming it has that old school optimism They're like <laughs> yeah of like just accentuate the positives Eliminate the negatives. Yeah. You know, don't, I like the, they kept, they said, don't mess with Mr. In Between. <laughs> <Don't,
1: laughs> yes. I remember well, that. I like, <laughs> don't mess with Mr. In Between. So it kind of, it, it could be from a musical or I could see this being in like, uh, a, one of those uh, kind of Rudolph claymation type yeah. <laughs> type of shows. It's just like
0: you just you know it's definitely a musical song. Like, yeah. Somebody needs to cheer up the yeah. lead. Is like you gotta accentuate yeah. the positives. It's it's yeah, and I think that's what makes it really fun. I can see it as a musical. Yeah,
1: it's a, this. It's I think it's the most fun song on the list. I I really did like it. Uh, you know none of these. You know, did I go back and be like, "Oh, I gotta listen to this again right away"? Uh, but I, this was one I really like. I, I have heard of the song before, but I don't think I'd ever really sat down and listened to it and said, "Oh, I'm just gonna listen to the song." Uh, so I think we're so we're in agreement on here. This is a good one. Yeah. And then final song on the list, Bing comes back. It's a song called "I Can't," I Can't Begin to Tell You, by Bing Crosby featuring Carmen. Caballaro uh, who I'm assuming that's who plays the piano maybe yeah there was a very notable piano in this one because there obviously there's no other singer and they have featuring so yeah it, it, the piano is, is all over the place the piano was great I, I like the piano and because we hadn't heard of piano
2: I make such pretty speeches whenever we but when you're near the
1: words I choose, refuse to leave my heart. And this is another Bing song on the list, the second Bing song on the list. And again, it's a quiet, it's quiet, it's, it's slow. It's more intimate sounding. So that's, uh, I don't, maybe Bing didn't sing with big bands. I don't know. I mean,
0: he must have he at must some have.
1: point. But
0: I guess what he's known for maybe isn't, isn't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe
1: he's more yeah. known for those ballads, those crooner ballads. But he must, I, I know he sang upbeat songs too. I mean, if we go back to our Christmas episode, you know, there's tons of, yes, there's White Christmas, but there's a billion other Christmas songs that he Sang, that yeah, were upbeat. I mean, we listened to not that one. We yeah. listened to I'll Be Home for Christmas. Which was another crooner. I mean, a slow one. But he's he, he sang a lot of upbeat songs, too. But for whatever reason, the two that were in the top ten were his slow, kind of quiet, intimate ones. This one was fine. I did like the piano. The piano was nice. Um, but I can't really... I don't really remember the melody. Or
0: anything. I, I don't remember... The, I. It, yeah. It, I. I. I mean, yeah. I kind of just wrote the same thing for kind of a lot of them. Just like. Yeah. It's this way. Yeah, but it's more like jazz. It's more like big jazz. Band. The lyrics. I was like, the lyrics are. They're old. They're inoffensive. Kind of yeah. that inoffensive old. Right. Lyrics. You're, you're not gonna offend anybody. And they're fine.
1: Right. I mean, and, and we've we've cruised through this playlist. I mean, yeah. If if thinking back to all the other podcasts that we've done, we spend a lot of time breaking down those other albums. Yeah. Uh, but this one, we have just blown through these ten songs really fast, and I think it all comes down to the fact that they're all just okay. There's really yeah. not much to say about them. No, I
0: don't. And they're all pretty similar yeah we're actually I mean we've had albums that have pretty similar things but but are still like
1: there's more to talk about more to talk about this
0: is it's just you know I think not having an album is not as good and we don't want to have not an album Um, so I guess, I mean, maybe we'll have a different thing that we'll do if we, if we get another year that we can't have an album, we could figure out something else or, or we could do the same thing. I don't know.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out as we, as the, 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 dice get rolled for the years. But I think part of it too is, you know, these are the top 10 best selling hits or most popular songs of, of a period where it was just music was just there to entertain and maybe to take your mind off of everyday life and what was happening in the war or to remind you of loved ones there's nothing there to try and challenge you you know if, if you yeah. think back to Fiona Apple or Radiohead i mean these are artists that are trying to kind of bear emotions and Maybe challenge you artistically. That's not the goal of any of these. It's not.
0: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) just different time. You know, those, you know, they're trying to, you know, make a statement as artists. And here it's just like try to make something that's very accessible right. to everybody
1: that's and... probably going to get it Be played on the radio all the time that's going to be a big hit you, you know no one wants to do anything controversial I mean I put you know kind of overall impressions this was an easy listen which is why they call this kind of music easy listen <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. because
1: there's nothing challenging about it at all uh, you know and, and from a perspective of a, a modern listener you know, I, I'm, a lot of the stuff is pretty, pretty bland. It, you know, yeah. there's it's very white, too.
0: Yeah, it is. Like I mentioned, some of the artists that weren't, uh, like Ella Fitzgerald, but they're not on. You know, she's not on no. this. Um and so th- I mean, there was, but again, yeah, it's it's
1: it's very just. And and a lot of this is similar to, in some ways. Kind of early rock and roll. These are all songs sung by or led by white band leaders or singers doing somewhat sanitized versions of African American music, of jazz.
0: I mean, jazz, big band. I mean, it all came it out all of the comes jazz. From jazz. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and so. But yes, Ella Fitzgerald was popular. Duke Ellington was popular. Count Basie was popular, but not as popular as these guys doing, doing yeah. their versions of that type of music. And I, I did kind of yearn for Louis Armstrong, either singing or you know playing a great. Yeah, trumpet solo or Billy Holiday or Nat King Cole or somebody else. Yeah, singing
0: somebody. It's like Bing and then Bing's copies. <laughs> yeah, are like most of the songs, and that Bing is good. But yeah, it's it's true. I, th- I I I I'm sure at some point we'll do a jazz yeah. album, um, but uh, and I'd like to do that. But yeah, it's just
1: you know. But I do really like. Generally I'll do like the, the 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 nostalgia of this type of music and there are times when I'll just put on a big band swing playlist and, and I'll admit most of those are white people, Glenn Miller, you know, Benny Goodman, the Andrews sisters, etc., Uh but I do, like, want to acknowledge that, that it all comes from African-American it does, art It does. Forms. It definitely does. Uh, but that's, these people became popular because they were probably true fans of that type of music and decided, hey, I want to do it, too. And I think Bing really was a true fan of, of jazz. I mean, he probably yeah. knew all of the great jazz artists of the time, and he just knew how to adapt it to a white general audience. I mean, that's just how it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, it didn't stop there. And obviously, right? Yeah. You know, when rock, rock and roll happened, obviously it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Um, but yeah, this to me was just like it's background music. Yeah. Me. It's like put it on in the background. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. During dinner, and it's fine and it's good, but it's background. I don't want to like sit down and just
1: listen to. It. Right. You're not putting the headphones on and like I'm gonna deeply you know think deep about this ballad no you're not you're right yeah. it's it's dinner music or cooking music or whatever type of music uh, it's enjoyable uh, but it is a, a it's an easy listen it's a, it doesn't really need deep introspection <laughs> wow. so that was a pretty uh, pretty quick run through of the top 10 uh most popular hits on the, the you know, the, the um, hit parade from 1945. And we'll take a short break. Yeah, And we'll be back to go through the movie from 1945.
0: And we're back. And today we listen to Alfred Hitchcock's *Spellbound*. Um, even though we talked a lot about musical artists as actors, not this time. No. Um, uh, it is uh, Ingrid Bergman, Gregory Peck. I don't know the other
1: actors. I don't know any of the other actors either. Some of them looked familiar. Uh, the the actor that played the head psychiatrist looked familiar, uh, and I think maybe even the actor that played her mentor he looked somewhat familiar to me too. But I couldn't tell you who they are. Um, and then of course there was the Hitchcock cameo.
0: I didn't. I didn't see it.
1: Oh, I, you didn't see it. I didn't it.
0: see it. I don't. I, I did I, I kind of forgot that there even was one until pretty far in the moon. I was like oh yeah there is one I, maybe I'll look but I I didn't yeah I didn't yeah see. I'll
1: I'll I'll point out yeah you at, it at it one out. point when, when it came up uh, so I don't know what were your general thoughts on this
0: um it's I I thought it was good I enjoyed it it's it's Hitchcockian but it's not that Hitchcockian it's it's like I I wanted it to be more Hitch, Hitchcocky
1: yeah and I, I don't know where this is in his career but it seemed like he still hadn't maybe quite found his his vision yet
0: it it might i don't know maybe it might have been like a studio thing i don't know There, there i know you know when he was doing stuff there was things with like studios and he wasn't able to make the movies the way he really wanted to uh but i don't know but yeah it's it's pretty good though. I still like I still liked it. And I there, still it. Are, there
1: are there are there are parts of it that I really liked. There are parts of it that to me just seemed very unsubtle. You know, very, very obvious. And and again that's where I was thinking, well maybe he just hadn't quite gotten to his heights yet and I don't know I didn't notice if he had written, if he wrote this or not.
0: I don't know. I don't know how much he wrote um his movies. I don't actually know. That's true. A lot of them are based on books. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. Obviously, they're adapted. Yeah. But I don't know if he wrote them. Or, I mean, obviously, he had some impact on the story. But I I
1: don't. I mean, this was a, again, I mean, kind of referring back to the music list, this was a classic old. Movie of the 40s, he, uh, I did like the version we watched on, online, had the overture opening where they just played yeah. the music for a little while, yeah. and then the old school opening credits, all the credits at the beginning.
0: Yeah, all the credits. About, I don't. I was gonna say I don't know if we've had an opening credits. Bef- I mean, like that. I don't know if we've had a full opening credits at the beginning yet.
1: I mean, all of them were. I don't think they even had credits at the end. It was just yeah, the end. It was just the end. <laughs> and like, so, yeah. I mean that. I mean, this is a movie. That's exactly how all a lot of movies. Uh, you know began in the uh, in the past and you know back in the 40s and stuff and I did like the fact that they called out in the credits at the beginning that the dream sequences were designed by Salvador Dali Oh I didn't I didn't see that I didn't see that and yeah, makes yeah, it's, sense. It's obvious when, it you, when you think of the, what the dream sequences looked like. And we can talk about that a, a little bit more later. The other thing I noted was the at the beginning, the Shakespeare quote. Yeah, I wrote that too. The fault is not in our stars, but in ourselves. Yeah. Which that must be where that... That the, must be where the fault, the fault in our, our stars, stars comes is from. from which I didn't know. I Me mean
0: neither. I didn't know. I didn't know that's where John Green... Must have be referencing that. He must have. Maybe been. they reference it in the book too. That's true. Know. But, but uh, yeah, I, I was. I'm. The fault is not in ourselves, but in ourselves. That's kind of a weird opening quote.
1: But I, mean, but I mean, I guess in it, some ways it makes sense because the whole movie is about you know the repression of your emotions and stuff and and that's the thing about this movie that in some ways to me was was funny was you know how they the other thing at the beginning they have to define what psychoanalysis is yeah in script and it says the final line of that is the devil's of unreason are driven from the human soul uh, through psychoanalysis. So obviously people didn't really know what psychoanalysis was, was was.
0: Yeah, I thought that was interesting, like, way to start is with, like, reading. You're like, okay, they're, like, kind of explaining what's happening, kind of, or, like, setting it up. And, you know, they mentioned, like, Freud and stuff in the movie. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess, I mean, it's old, so, like, psychoanalysis wasn't, I, I wasn't well sure how big of a thing it was at the time. Obviously they had a whole like institution and doctors and professors that did that
1: but I yeah I don't, know. I, I don't know I'm guessing you know being in therapy was not a common thing and the way they present it as you know psychiatrists are these I don't know super super scientific people. But they're just constantly just throwing out jargon and using psychological terms that... Maybe no one knew what they even meant at the time, and in the context today, as a modern viewer, you're like, that doesn't make any sense, and uh, you know, and, and why would they say this or that? And they're just, th- you know, as soon as they meet one person, they immediately have diagnosed them with, with some, yeah. you know, guilt thing, guilt or...
0: complex, <laughs> yeah. guilt complex. You're like repressing. You have amnesia. They, yeah. they
1: say a lot of... They just use a lot of psychology yeah. terms. Yeah, and, like,
0: it's kind of silly, the dream, which we'll talk more, about like, they, like everything in the dream, they can analyze a dream to like perfectly understand. specific to find
1: meaning. Yeah, Yeah,
0: dreams aren't just random.
1: (laughs) They actually tell you. That's the part of the movie that occasionally pulled me out of it was, okay, this writer didn't really know anything about psychoanalysis. And they were just using it as a plot point to move things ahead, to kind of keep the mystery going. Uh, But you're right. I, I still found it enjoyable. And you can't help but like watching Ingrid Bergman, too. Uh, Gregory Peck must have been pretty young. Gregory
0: Peck looked really young in it. Yeah. Because, like, I think I've... I I mean, I've seen him in, like, To Kill a Mockingbird. He's uh, definitely older in that. And this, he looks really young. Um, And like for the like things that don't make sense i mean they don't make sense but i now like i always think of Hitch, hitchcock saying logic is dull logic is <laughs> yeah, dull so yeah. i'm just like okay well i just accept it logic is dull it, it, like it works for this story
1: right it does work for the story well and it's funny too cuz now that you say that cuz they talk about the use of logic a lot in this movie too yeah the use of logic <laughs> well logically if you thought this and that yeah. <laughs> but hitchcock logic is dull that's what
0: that's his thing um, but yeah, that's like the first thing I wrote. I was like, Gregory
1: Peck is so young.
0: Um, he's
1: obviously kind of the hunk.
0: Yeah, he's too. like, yeah. It's, And this happens a lot in old movies and in a lot of movies, I guess, where it's just like and its very typical Ingrid Bergman character arc, I guess, where she's, you know, this cold, doesn't believe in love, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then sees Gregory Peck and is instantly in love. Yeah,
1: I put that down, too. She's the cold, They and they keep referring to her as, like, the ice queen yeah. or whatever, you know, with no emotions, and she starts off. I mean, when you first meet her, she's in the classic unattractive nerd girl garb. She's got glasses. Her hair's up. It looks like she's hardly wearing any makeup. Wearing she, she's coat. wearing a lab coat. Uh, you know, people. The the one psychiatrist says she's got no insight because she's so clinical and cold because she has no emotions.
2: You can't treat a love veteran like Carl Michael without some inside information. I have done a great deal of research on emotional problems and love difficulties. Research by eye. I've watched your work for six months. It's brilliant, but lifeless. There's no intuition in it. You approach all your problems with an ice pack on your head.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then the second Gregory Beck walks in, just literally, he doesn't oh. say anything. Yeah, she's like, what? There's the soft focus, the music swells, instantly in love.
2: familiar with his work? Mm-hmm. Yes, I've read all his books. A very keen, unorthodox mind. Well, it would be dreadful if Dr. Murchison's successor was unworthy of him. He's joining us. Mm. I think you know everyone here, Dr. Edwards. Mm. No, not yet. Oh, this is Dr. Peterson. How do you do? Dr.
0: Edwards. Yeah. And so, yeah. it And that's like, it's kind of an arc. It's kind of interesting. because like, she kind of has an arc. I mean, it's an arc. It's not really an arc. It's kind of like a, it's just a 180, I guess. Like it's, it's just like, she doesn't believe in love. Now she believes no, she in does. love. And then it doesn't really come back. It's not like she uses her, I guess she kind of uses her newfound love too.
1: She uses her newfound love because she says there's no way she could fall in love with a bad yeah. person.
0: Yeah, she she like uses it to basically be, she believes that he's to good. justify
1: why she's trying to prove that he's not a murderer. Um, and then I, I also put, uh, you know, you immediately the second you see Gregory Peck, you know that there's something he's unstable. There's something unstable about him. And that's where I know is there a trope that all psychiatrists have to be a little crazy? I don't maybe.
0: Like in like I in in real life, Like in I mean you could maybe say in real life, but in movies, uh I
1: don't know. I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, I know I've always kind of jokingly said all psychologists are a little bit weird. Um, But, uh, you know, because all of them in the movie have some kind of strange thing. And they they just kind of assume it's normal for him to to have like a breakdown at dinner the first time they meet him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're all... uh... There, I kind of like the group of psych- psychiatrists because they're all—I don't know—like they have this weird kind of group,
1: yeah. I mean, kind the-
0: of banter that—that's kind of fun, but it's like also it's like she. So everybody's like. Or at least one guy, like they're all like having an affair with Ingrid Bergman,
1: like or they're all in love with her. They're all obsessed with her. But she doesn't. But she doesn't re- reciprocate.
0: But it's like, like the in the first scene or one of the first scenes that she's in. I mean, the guy just the guy kisses her. I know. Like it's like because in it to me you know he says it like oh this is like what they do all like he has like this continual affair with her See, but I, but she's like doesn't care yeah
1: i i just took it as one of those classic examples of it's fine to just kiss a woman because you're trying to break her out of her coldness that you can touch her you can treat her kind of in a very condescending manner um Because I didn't take – the takeaway for me wasn't that they were having an affair. It was that he was kind of trying to always get her in bed. And she was always resisting, and, but she kind of took it as, oh, this is just kind of fun. Yeah, she's this is just, just, just like, how it okay. is. She would just kind of laugh she and smile. She like doesn't care about it. She
0: just like she doesn't care. She just lets it happen. but doesn't care. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, I think that's what I thought at first was like, is this like an affair? But I, I think obviously it doesn't come up again. So I was right. like, okay, it was just and so weird. all of
1: the men just talk about her like, you know, she. She's just a brain, but they're kind of wanting her to break out of that and become you yeah, know, they, a they woman, do because, become a true woman.
0: Yeah, that's what they say. They're like, you're a great doctor. You're a terrible woman. <laughs> yeah.
1: And they're also condescend- condescending towards her. You know, they, 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 do, they say things like that. Um, and then they, you know, the even the mentor when they, uh, when she goes to the mentor's house with Gregory Peck, he says something like, "You're full of the usual female contradictions." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I
0: like, I base, I wrote that like later. I was just like, the movie's obviously sex. I mean, it's basically all comes down to women are too emotional. Yeah, yeah, which is a very. Stereotypical right. sexist thing, which is actually in a lot of it's in a lot of movies. Yeah, uh, but obviously uh, here, yeah, it's that's what it comes down to. Where yeah, that guy is just just like, you don't, you can't think
1: straight. <laughs> yeah.
0: And they put it into,
1: they try and make it like a scientific fact. Yeah, they're like women. That women are as soon as they fall in love. They're like like they're crazy.
0: Yeah, didn't she say—that's uh he, that's what he said. He's like, women are the best psychiatrists in until the, they fall in love with their best patients. <laughs> yeah.
1: And even the very first patient you see is this kind of sex-starved woman. Yeah,
0: and then she just doesn't come up again. <laughs> yeah. She's just in that one scene. She's
1: in the one scene just, I think, to kind of show you the, the dichotomy between her and the cold Ingrid Bergman scientist woman—
2: he kept asking me to marry him, panting in my ear. I suddenly pretended I was going to kiss him, sank my teeth into his mustache, bit it clear off. And laughing at me, that smug frozen face of yours doesn't take me in. You
0: just want yeah, to- like it's like yeah, well, that's a very stereotypical thing. In for like a lot of history is that kind of there's two kinds of women that yeah. are like the seductress, bad, and the very good, right? Moral, the virgin
1: mom or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like
0: that's for thousands of years. That's <laughs> like being yeah. a trope, and they have it right there, or they're just like you could. This is what kind kind of like what she's gonna become a
1: little bit, right? Because she's just oh, she's just obsessed with him, and everything she does is is you know thinking about him and from from the moment she meets him you know they run off to to go for that walk in the mountains or whatever and you know they they're immediately in love i mean they pretty much say to each other oh i don't know why but i'm suddenly in love and i i think that i can't remember where it happens but the first time they kiss they have the imagery of all the doors opening
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i wrote that i there's like a it's interesting where they have these like really close up shots of their eyes, yeah, and then and then they have these shots of the this kind of line like. A door opens and there's another door and it opens and there's another door and it opens.
1: It's, it's, I'm guessing that it's supposed to represent that now she's opened up to her full womanhood or something. Yeah, I
0: think they even say. Or all her emotions or what? I think they even say a line at some point about opening doors like after, but I I can't remember. But they definitely say that where it's like, yeah, like she, like, yeah, she opens her doors to, I don't know. but the, there are like Hitchcockian things too that are very good that I like I again you know Hitchcock he's the master of suspense and he does it really well yeah and the, like he, there's so, he does, it's a really what he does really well is these really little things but there's there's so much tension in these little things yeah
1: I mean and obviously it starts pretty early when when she does the pattern with the fork on the. <laughs> And you know, the, the music. On and, the, what is it, on the tablecloth. And that's his first breakdown. And then he sees the lines on something else. And yeah. every single time, you know, you, you do get this this sense of, what's he going to do? What's he going to do?
0: Yeah, I, I, Hitchcock does that in a lot of his movies. It's always like some little detail. And it's really, t- and the, like, a moment that I really liked was, which is just really good writing and really attention is the the letter that's on the floor, yeah. And she's about to pick it up, and then everyone comes walking in, and they don't notice it, and you know what's on the letter, so you're like, you don't want them to them get this, it, yeah. Then they all leave, but then the guy picks it up, but then he, he just kicks gives, it out
1: the door, yeah. Yeah, and
0: then he just gives it to her,
1: and you're like, and oh. You're like, oh. Okay.
0: But it's just like such a smart. Well, it just adds a normal scene that yeah. has so much
1: tension. Well, that and the the scene where. They, they, you know they've run off together they're pretending like they're newlyweds at his her mentor's house and yeah. he's shaving he's got the razor <laughs> yeah and of course I mean and Gregory Peck's good in it because he goes from shaving to you can tell he's kind of in a trance state now and he walks down the stairs and he's holding the razor razor, and he drinks the milk and by this time you know the color white is yeah sets him off and then of course they cut to the next scene and the old mentor is slumped over in the chair and you immediately think think, "Oh, oh he's
0: killed him and then they do the fake out yeah yeah so yeah that was a good moment and like 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 they have the in that scene was really with the mentor talking to him they don't show Gregory Peck they just keep on showing they just show his hand holding yeah, the, the razor, razor and then it goes back to the old man
2: we will drink to you when we are young and know nothing except to be with you
0: Some really weird kind of POV shots that are, yeah, that are they cool. Do. That are cool. I think they're cool. Like it was definitely visually but interesting. He's drinking the milk. He's drinking the milk. That's a POV, and
1: you I, see the old man through the glass. Yeah,
0: through the glass. And like the white fills up the frame. Yeah. it's pretty. It's a cool shot. Uh,
1: it, I don't know. It's just like interesting shots. Like you can see the. You can see Hitchcock maybe playing around with, okay, let's try something really different here. Um, and the music is a, definitely a part of it. And I put a note, I couldn't tell if there was actually a theremin in the, in the music. Some of that were... Oh, I don't know. You know, or, or whether that was just strings. But, you know, th- there's that real kind of tension music throughout, you know, of what's going to happen, what's going to happen kind of thing. Um, and there's a lot of those kind of... Close calls. Yeah. It's always that. It's always
0: you know, they get there and they just the the police guys there. Yeah. And they don't recognize know. You yeah. know, she's just like puts on her glasses, right. tries to like hide her face. It, <laughs> right. it's stuff like that. That's that's
1: Or good. or when she's in the hotel and, you know, the, the house detective detective comes over. That's another scene that's like um Ingrid Bergman is just constantly being uh, harassed you know, by I men. I've
2: been watching you for some time, and I figured something like this might happen. You see, the chief duty of a house detective is to spot trouble in advance. You're not registered here, are you? No. Oh, well, I didn't think so the way you were wandering around. Looking for somebody, huh? Oh, now don't be afraid of me. i uh, I've got you spotted as a lady in trouble. And from out of town.
0: Yeah, and in that situation, she uses it to her advantage. <laughs> right. Which was which good. I was like, oh, she's so smart. Like the weird Pittsburgh guy. Hey, <laughs> I'm
2: from Pittsburgh. Here's a town for you. Really can meet people in Pittsburgh. Friendly. Fellow could live and die in this town, and he couldn't meet nobody. How about you and me having a nice little drink together now that we're acquainted? No, thank
1: you. The weird Pittsburgh guy's is there. <laughs> he's basically like hitting on hitting her. Hitting on her.
0: Then the detective comes and and like kicks him out. And then he he, co- he, tried, of... he does. He tries to like impress her yeah. by being like, oh, like he's this really good detective, <laughs> right. even though he doesn't notice that it's the. Fugitive, and also
1: he doesn't, and obviously she knows, and she plays into it and gets the information from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, but then so there's a combination of people. Men are always just basically harassing her, and then but she, but then there's all these little close calls, you know. There's that, and then when when they're leaving the hotel. They happen to leave j- just in the perfect timing where the, the detective doesn't see them. <laughs> yeah. Um, when they're at the train station, the same thing happens. There's all these little moments where you think, oh, they're going to get caught. And then just in the nick of time, they either figure it out or they go off or the people don't notice them.
0: Yeah, because they, like, some room, it's someone was like, why would she order a newspaper to her room <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when she's trying to hide? And her picture's on the front page. Yeah.
1: Well, obviously, she didn't know her picture picture was on the front page uh but that's another thing with the kind of these old movies how they get give you information too um you know they make it obvious her picture's on the front page yeah she's listening to the radio and it's like we want to let you know that we're no longer searching for the crazed killer in this we're looking now in manhattan
2: the police have asked me to announce that our neighborhood roads are free of the dangerous madman who escaped from Green Manors. The search for the imposter is shifted to Manhattan. This is WQZK, Rutland, George Bell. We now resume our regularly scheduled program.
1: <laughs> yeah. now like, back to our normal radio yeah, program.
0: <laughs> yeah, like that. It's kind of, it's good. I mean, it's kind of fun. I, I do like that. That is a good way to do it. They do a lot of close-ups of newspapers. Yeah. Because that's a Good way to give information. Um, and it's yeah, it, I liked the, I like the, back to the, the mentor guy. I, I like the mentor guy, he yeah. was very cool, he was funny.
1: <laughs> well, and he was again, it was kind of uh, um, he starts off as almost a comedic relief, but he's smarter than, than you thought he was, he's smarter than um. Than even Ingrid Bergman thinks he is. He's figured out the whole thing from the beginning, yeah. Uh, and you know, and of course, then he's the one that kind of essentially solves the 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 mystery by helping her. Yeah, they. Yeah, they kind of both. Because they do the whole they do the whole dream.
0: Yeah, the whole dream sequence, which I thought was cool. The dream sequence was cool. And yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does make sense that it was Dolly. I mean, yeah, because I put down, as I, I put some notes, you know, if, if you if you look, think back, I mean, you had the melting steering wheel thing. You had the the super long shadows, the weird faces in the landscapes. I mean, they looked like Dolly the, paintings. The like, eyes. The eyes everywhere. <laughs> And it's interesting that they that Hitchcock went to Dali and said, can you make design these dream sequences? So he must have been a very popular artist at the time.
0: I mean, yeah, and he had made movies That's true. and stuff. So obviously he was in, into the film
1: art form. And as kind of goofy as it is for them to be able to specifically know exactly what every image in the dream <laughs> yeah. meant, it was an interesting... I liked that part of the movie a lot, where they were like, "No, no, no, we're we're getting, we're getting, we're getting somewhere," uh, you know. We're figuring out. You just need to open up, you know, your mind. Well, does it make any sense to you what I dreamed?
2: Not yet. You are trying to tell yourself something. What it is, we'll figure out later. There's a lot more to it. Go on and try to recall the details. The more cockeyed the better for the scientific side of it. Leaning over the sloping roof of a high building was the man with the beard. I yelled at him to watch out. Then he went over, slowly, with his feet in the air.
1: And they they pretty much go through the whole is the whole dream thing, and then eventually he's able to relive exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, it is one of those where it's just like everything in here actually means something. But the, I mean, the whole movie it's good. You know, they give you slowly give you more information, which is what like a thriller yeah, does Hitchcockian thriller does. Is you know, as you slowly get more information, you learn more things, and you, you know, there's a twist. Um, and this, there's.
1: And this, there's a couple there's, of twists. Kind of, I guess, there's two twists. Yeah. I would
0: say. But like, like, yeah, like he. You know they think they figured it out, but
1: we've we've solved we've we've absolved you. There wasn't a murder. You know um, it was actually it was a actually guilt an accident. Complex. You were just guilty. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You part. had the
0: guilt complex. And they
1: show they show the his kid. The kid. It's such
0: a like brutal <laughs> way to kill a kid. And also there's no way the kid would die. <laughs> he fell like two feet onto <laughs> onto a dull <laughs> spike, like like metal fence spike, and he <laughs> yeah. died. I lo-
1: because he's like, he's they I, that scene where the kid's sliding down the banister thing. is like, move, move, and they just show the body. They show the body it's slumped so, over. <laughs> and yeah. then the other part that I thought was kind of funny was the rear projecting projector skiing scene yes
0: I wrote that too I was just like they're not even
1: trying to pretend like they're skiing (laughs) (laughs) they're just kind of standing there
0: yeah the skiing shots I was like rear projection the rear projection they're just standing there and they're like flying down the
1: hill (laughs) And, and she's kind of she's looking at him like she's worried oh no is he going to uh, is he going to murder me me?" and I mean they're (laughs) cruising and then they cut away to a real skier and they're flying down the hill the
0: background is going really fast they're just like they're not like crouched at all they're just kind of standing
1: there and looking at each other and the music's getting tense and then it's like why would there be a ski slope that ends at a cliff
0: yeah (laughs) it's just like oh yeah there's just a cliff there and then Everyone just goes down. <laughs>
1: yeah. But of course, you know that that breaks his memory, and he saves her. And she's like, "We've, you know, we've we've solved the mystery. It was all a guilt complex."
2: I didn't kill my brother. It was an accident. It was an accident. That's what has haunted you all your life. That was the memory you were afraid of.
1: And he's like, yes, I remember him, you know, the the real doctor Anthony flying off the cliff and. Oh, we've saved you, and then the police come. <laughs>
0: and the police come, and they're like, "Yeah, they they called the police, I think, yeah, or something." they called the police. So they're like, "Yeah, we're like glad you're here." And then the police are like, "No, there was a bullet
1: in the body." <laughs> that, that's, so that's the <laughs> that's other the twist. twist.
0: So s- somebody did murder. Yeah, the guy, and so now they obviously think it's him, him. and they arrest him, and. They quickly. They have this kind of weird sequence where they quickly like show, show like how
1: like he the gets. Trial.
0: Yeah, like and she's like, no, don't say it. And he and he must have like admitted. He now thinks that he that did he it. That he did do so, it. Or he yeah. is back to thinking that he did it. And so he's admitted to it. And I guess they'll kill him. I don't
1: know. Are they gonna? I, kill I don't him? know. He's in jail. Maybe they're gonna execute him. And and then she just she just goes back to work.
0: Yeah, she just goes back. She's like, well, we it's
1: over. We lost. Yeah, we lost. I'm going back to Green Manors. <laughs> and uh, to, the, also, to the insane asylum. Another
0: thing that's really funny is before that, the skiing is when the police draw the glasses <laughs> oh, on Adrian Bergman's yeah. picture. As if they couldn't yeah, tell they it could, was her without could, drawing the glasses. And they her. draw to him like, oh, wait, that was her. That was her. <laughs> it's just like, I guess, like a visual way to say yeah. that they realize that that's a person, but it's just so silly.
1: Well, it makes. Makes you realise how you know, maybe the audiences of the day maybe needed to be spoon-fed information more uh, than today. You know, today, uh, uh, um, a sophisticated movie-going audience would immediately know, okay, they're going to look at this paint, this picture in the newspaper and realize, okay, she was the person at the doctor's house. But back then, it's like, no, they've got to figure it out by drawing glasses on. <laughs> <water. laughs>
0: it may be an old kind of even silent movie thing. where You're right. It might be. Like, um, Hitchcock
1: came from silent films. Hitchcock
0: came from silent film, and it seemed like a lot of it, that was what his kind of philosophy was. was, Showing. You know, showing, make sure that you could watch it with no sound and be able to understand what's happening. Maybe you're right. Again, I don't think this movie fully does that. I think there are times where they just explain things. Yeah. but in that maybe, I mean, it is it does work and that you understand what this, what, <laughs> yeah. what oh, they realized that that person was a thing. But it's just silly because they draw the glasses. It's not like the glasses she was
1: wearing. It's just like <laughs> it's, him with a, like, pen, yeah. just, like, drawing circles <laughs> around the eye. It's just... It's just very funny. But- and then, of course, you know, the, it wraps up pretty quickly. Once once he gets arrested, he's arrested, they, like you said, they do the trial in a montage of, like, two minutes. Yeah. You know, they don't show a jury. They don't show anything. They just show her on the stand saying, oh, no, his mind isn't right. You know, don't say yeah. that. Oh, in in jail. Boom. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then she's back at the mental hospital, I guess it is. And you know, then, then then you get the second twist, of course.
0: Yeah, you get the second twist where she I guess she's I guess she still believes that he's
1: good. She still believes that he's good, but she's not sure what real she doesn't know what happened, obviously. She she can't figure it out. She still believes in him. She she's trying to figure out a way. Or she I think in her mind is I'm gonna still prove he's innocent, but I don't know how until of course the head doctor, you know, has yeah. the slip, in, in, in what he says, yeah, this,
0: yeah, where he slips and he says that he knew him, even though before he said he didn't. Yeah, and I kind of thought he was bad, even kind of from the beginning. I was like, there's something about something him that's not quite right about this guy. That's not good, and uh, and so yeah, he slips. You're like, okay, he's the bad guy. Yeah, and she, I guess, is. I guess once more proof or something, and just goes to talk to him about
1: it. I know she doesn't. She she basically, it's the classic where I'm just going to go put myself in harm's way. Yeah. Uh, because I I don't know why you know I'm going to go basically let him know that i know that he did it um, yeah yeah like a poor but of she thing. kind of psychology psychology herself out of this she yeah. uses psychology to be like you're not really a killer you know
0: yeah like she kind of she uses logic to like <laughs> yeah. be like logically you shouldn't kill me
2: but the punishment for two murders is the same as for one You're not going to commit a second murder, Dr. Murchison. I hadn't planned to, but you're here. You're not leaving. A man with your intelligence does not commit a stupid murder. You're thinking you are not mentally responsible for that other crime in the snow. They'll find extenuating circumstances in the state of your health. They'll not execute you for the death of Dr. Edwards. You can still live, read, write, research.
0: And it's like a... Also, yeah, no, she does it. He There's a kind of a funny line where he's she's like, you know, they'll find the gun, they'll find the weapon in the snow, and, and he will be, whatever, with the fingerprints, and he's like, no,
1: they won't, because I have it right I here. There. <laughs> he has the gun. Points her. at her. And he points it at her. But she doesn't get flustered, and, and like I said, uses psycho- psychology to say, well, you know, that you only killed him because of a uh, some kind of complex, you know, some psychological reason, and, you know, that was really not you, and, you know, if you. If you were to kill me, that would be cold-blooded murder, and you're not a cold-blooded murderer, so I'm just gonna walk out of here. You know, and this is where you get the POV. Yeah, the POV,
0: Yeah, where he, because because he says like, you know, the 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 punishment for two murders is the same as one, which it's <laughs> yeah. not. But also he, but then she's like, well, the first murder was you could get away and right. maybe not. You know, you wouldn't die. You you wouldn't get executed, but if you killed me, then you would. Cold-blooded murder. And uh, but yeah, then they have the POV shot with he's holding the gun and. Never seen a POV suicide.
1: No, it's it's, because it's like a first-person shooter view of his hand with a gun following her as she walks slowly towards the door, and then she leaves. And then you see it slowly turn around and point at (laughs) the camera and shoots, and it goes to black.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's it's kind of—it's like a— like I I I, I, ex, I kind of expected it to turn around. Yeah, me too. But it, like, still was kind of surprising. Yeah, it was, and I was surprising. Like, oh no! Like I got
1: shot too. And I almost I was looking at it. I was like, "Is that a real hand?" It had to have been a. real hand. It must be a real hand. It just looked weird. Just the, maybe it was just the because, angle of it. It's
0: because like it it yeah. looks weird to like turn point like your that. wrist all yeah. the way back at, straight straight at back, you. back at you. Um, so that's kind of weird, but it. Yeah, it, it it's kind of a, it was pretty good, and then it kind of just
1: and then it's it's just it ends. I it's mean, like it's, an epilogue. They just... he's out of jail. They're going off on their real honeymoon because they they ref, they they reference back to the statement that they were on their you know that they were on their honeymoon when they first met the old doctor, and they have the classic kind of. Comic end of of an old movie where they're at the same train station, the yes. same ticket guy's taking the tickets, and they do the they same do thing. the kiss, and he does kind of a double take, goofy look at the camera, like "What? what? Haven't what? I seen this before?" <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and yeah, that's then the end. But... Yeah, fade
0: <laughs> the end. It's kind, of, yeah, it, it yeah, it is a weird. It's kind of a weird ending, but it's pretty good.
1: It, it, I like the movie, though. I, I liked the movie, too. It was longer than I thought it would be. For a movie from 1945, it was almost two hours long. Yeah. Um, and now that included the, the overture at the beginning and the full credits at the beginning. I mean, is it one of Hitchcock's best? No. No. But it's an entertaining film. You get to see Ingrid Bergman. She's great in pretty much everything. Even though this is probably doesn't challenge her as much as some of the other yeah. roles she's I mean, done. Gregory
0: Peck is good too. Gregory
1: Peck is really good in it. He's young and he he gets to flip flop back and forth between yeah. the suave kind of charming guy and I'm suddenly I'm crazy in a yeah. trance.
0: Yeah, he does that a lot. He faints a <laughs> he lot. faints a lot. Uh but it's pretty good, and the mis—I mean, the mystery is pretty good. I mean, yeah. you're like, oh, like it, it. I think a good, probably, I, I probably the best moment was when at the beginning when she, when you know she sees that the signature isn't the same. Yeah, I think that's probably. Oh, that's true. I was like, oh, it's like, and it's like she sees the signature and it's you like, know oh, he's, this he's, isn't the person. Yeah,
1: you know he's a, an imposter. I mean, so there is enough, you know, suspense of, okay, did he murder someone? Did he not? I mean, you kind of know that he's probably didn't yeah just because back then they wouldn't have the lead character be a murderer uh, but you you know you maybe i was kind of wondering well, was it some kind of accident was it a justifiable thing yeah um, you know because i've actually seen this movie a long time ago but i didn't remember anything except the fact that there were these dolly things in it that was the only part that i remembered um so I didn't remember the end, the twists, or anything, uh, but uh, it is a fun Hitchcock again, kind of a perfect example of the movies of the time. But probably better than a lot of the movies that came out of the. T- yeah,
0: I don't know. I I think the I one thing I was, was like about the the title, Spellbound, and. I think it's a fine title. I don't think it's. It doesn't
1: really evoke what happens in the movie. Yeah, I mean,
0: I guess she's supposed to be spellbound,
1: right? By him. him. I guess so. But it's just
0: to me, that's. It is, it is, but it's also, that's, like, I think it's trying to be that's what the movie's about, but the movie's not really about that. At least, I, I like, it, the movie to me isn't really about how, oh, she's
1: learning to love. Like, no. that's
0: not what it's about. It, she's more of, like, a detective, right. and she's yeah. trying to solve
1: this mystery. I mean, and she even says, and part of it is probably because of, again, the time period. that It's not like they're going to jump in bed together or have a passionate love affair because they're not married et cetera. but she's constantly saying through the movie you know we we need to focus in on getting you healthy and finding out what's happening you know she's she doesn't succumb to her emotions throughout the movie <laughs> yeah yes, she kisses him and she looks at him lovelorn.
0: well like the I, I think the point is they're like you know he's he's he did it and you're a fool in love for believing yeah. that he didn't right and that's supposed to be how I guess she's, you're too right. emotional. she's under a spell his spell but, but but obviously she's not wrong she is right about it, and she solves it. Still,
1: but yeah, it is more of a of a mystery movie than a oh, you know, you're a crazy in love woman kind of thing. I mean, that's what all the psychiatrists are saying. Yeah, but you know, she's really most. She's just trying to figure out what who is this guy. And I mean, yeah, and she is in love with him, and that and is. And that's kind of what drives her. That drives
0: her to do it. Is is she's in that, love with, yeah. But. But still that's that wasn't what it was to me and the, I mean it wasn't really an arc it was just no she's now in love it's just <laughs> right. yeah so yeah I, but it's pretty good um
1: I don't know what to oh rate it uh, um, you know if we what have we been doing the movies uh, um, out um a 10 out of ten I I mean it's it's in. It's an enjoyable movie. It does definitely has flaws. The flaws are of of its time, though. Uh, you know, you know, with some of the you know, some of the stuff that we, we kind of laugh at now, like the rear projections, you know, stuff, yeah, and yeah, and some of the goofy things, like drawing the glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't bother me. But there, there are... I mean, I, God, it's tough yeah. in terms of how to to rate this. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to rate it too high, but I also don't want to be too harsh on it. It's real. It, it's difficult. I, I, I would probably give it like mm, I would probably give it like a seven or an eight. Like it's one of seven or eight. Um, it's better than an average movie, which would be a five. Um, you know, I would probably give it a seven.
0: Yeah, probably. Like it's it's like you know I, I gave the Mummy a
1: seven, and and the Mummy is. Is 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 no better a film? It's
0: I, the the mummy is. I mean, they're completely different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think. I mean, the mummy is more one where it's like oh, I put it on and watch it. Uh, yeah, because it's just an action and it's kind of goofy. But,
1: but I mean, this one's good this too. One I mean, it has. To, you have to pay more attention. You to have this to. Movie.
0: You have to respect
1: the some yeah. of the filmmaking, <laughs> right? And,
0: and the acting, and you have, and, and
1: you have to accept. What well, the age in which it was made? So you 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 can't just be like, oh, it's horrible because the rear projection skiing is so bad. Well, the rear projection
0: is bad, but that's not what I think
1: is bad. No, like so, like I
0: don't I don't that doesn't bother me. No, like, but I could see where yeah. some
1: people would be like, how can you watch this? You know, it's totally unrealistic. Um, but you, so you have to, you've got to suspend. Your disbelief on some of the things, and just go with it from a, from a the story and the acting, the film. Some of the filmmaking is really good, uh, so yeah, I, I I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay, sevens, I guess. So sevens for Spellbound. You know, we we can't really rank the, or rate the playlist. You know, it yeah. is what it is. Uh, for any listeners out there, if you know. If you're interested, you know, you can, we've got the list of all the songs. You can just take a listen. Um, if you like big band stuff, if you like bang, you'll probably enjoy the playlist too. Um, all right. So that uh, wraps up this. So should we? We need to pick the next. Yeah. Let's, let me pull a up. Year. Or yeah. The random. The, ra- the random can, generator. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and pick it. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So from the uh, random number generator, our next year is 1978. And for the album, we have decided on Parallel Lines by Blondie.
0: And for the movie, we are going to be watching Drunken Master.
1: Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. All right. Well, Simon, thanks for episode five. It was enjoyable and uh, we'll see you back here on the podcast next time reels and revolutions bye bye
2: i couldn't feel this way toward a man who was bad who had committed murder i couldn't feel this pain for someone who was evil you are 20 times crazier than him she couldn't
0: love him if he was no good This is baby talk, nothing else.